Barbarians are creatures of adrenaline, whose blind rage and strength allow them to power through mortal wounds and cleave through any opponent. Paladins are living paragons of divine grace, conduits of godly power, and deliverers of divine punishment. You put them together and we get a Rage Knight, dealing divine wrath in a zealot's fervor, if perhaps a bit less cognizant of who actually deserves it. So they're kind of like actual historical knights in that sense, I guess. If you're wanting to play a character that's as equally guided by the battle axe as much as Creed, stick around for today's video. Yeah, geez, I'm about to teach everyone how to make a Knights Templar if they were even stupider. Barbarians are the best damage sponge class and are also decent damage dealers. Paladins are the original Nova damage class capable of pouring out insane amounts of damage. Put this cool combination together and we have a fantastic damage dealer that also soaks up damage like there's no tomorrow. You'll be able to deal Nova damage using smites, consistent damage using rage, and will just generally be a nightmare to bring down as you shrug off everything that comes your way. Unfortunately, it's not hard to see the downsides here. This class combination with Barbarian and Paladin will feel fantastic at early levels, but sadly, the primary damage scaling of both classes is essentially dependent on their respective class levels. You can't get more smiting without more spell slots, and you can't get more rage damage without more barbarian class levels. We also can't rage in heavy armor, meaning we'll be sacrificing one of the paladin's greatest defenses. This means that we're stuck either just taking a single level dip and being happy with what we get off a single level or two, or for a more even split, we'll be very behind compared to a single class character. This isn't a deal breaker, but just be prepared for the underscaled features. Both classes also unfortunately have some early dead levels, and it doubly hurts to go through dead levels twice. It's also worth noting that Paladins are great for multiclassing, but this class combination isn't making the best use of it. Paladin-Cleric multiclass is strong, just dip into Cleric, and it provides a ton of extra spell slots for smiting with even just a few Cleric levels. You could smite with a Monk's Weapons Flurry of Blows for maximum martial arts chances to land the Divine Smite, or for a combination with Barbarian, you could rock an incredibly high damage fighter Barbarian build with Action Surge to boot. And of course, there's always Warlock for some evil magic. Make sure this is the combo you really want to go for, and maybe look elsewhere if you're trying to min-max. Finally, as with any multi-class character, we're going to be reaching our mid-game features slower than with single-class builds and never reaching our highest level features like 20th level capstones at all. For the record, I know that most of you guys will not get to a level 20 character in your campaign and that even fewer DMs are interested in running such a thing, but I do feel it necessary to mention that those capstone abilities aren't going to happen. Now with all those disclaimers aside, when does this multi-class actually start to kick in? The answer is with two levels in each class. We want both Rage and Reckless Attacks from the Barbarian, and we want both the Fighting Style and the Divine Smite from Paladin. We have some more fun things to combine with both of their respective third level archetype features, but the core concept works with two levels in each class and kicks in at our fourth character level. Now it's time to get into what class features we really care about. We've got two martial classes, and while we want to focus on a few of these features, most of their special abilities will factor into our build in one way or another. We'll most likely be treating Paladin as our core class and only dipping a few levels into Barbarian. Starting with our significant Barbarian features, we have Hit Points. The Barbarian still reigns supreme as the only official class with a D12 hit die. The upgrade to D12 from a D10 isn't huge, but it's still good to note that every level of Barbarian should make us a bit meatier than if we were just pure Paladin. And then next, of course, we have Rage, which is the core feature we all know and love about Barbarians. 
We can enter Rage as a bonus action, and while in Rage, we get advantage on strength checks and saving throws. We also get extra damage on all strength-based attacks, and most importantly, we gain resistance to all the physical damage types. That damage reduction is, scientifically speaking, nuts, and is worth giving up on other features to keep up and should be our first bonus action in every combat. Our rage ability lasts for a minute, or if we don't attack stuff, for a round. We can rage two times per day and get an additional rage each of our third barbarian levels, with extra rage damage at later barbarian levels. And then we have unarmored defense. This gives us an alternate AC equal to 10 plus our constitution modifier plus our dexterity modifier. Sadly, we can't wear armor while raging, making us use this instead of our other defensive options. We'll need to put some points into dexterity to keep our AC reasonable using this and about on par with medium armor. And then we have Danger Sense. Advantage on dexterity saving throws is a nice extra way to make sure we're tough against attacks even if they're not going against our AC. Next we have the very fun and very roleplay friendly Reckless Attack, which allows us to gain advantage on all of our attacks in exchange for granting advantage on attacks against us for a turn. With this, we can choose when we want to prioritize tanking or damage, and it feels amazing to gain advantage on our Divine Smites. We'll touch more on Primal Paths here in just a second, but in most builds, we'll care about our Barbarian Archetype, especially the features gained at 3rd level. Our builds don't quite utilize it, but if you want more of a general build rather than going for one of our gimmicks, I'd recommend taking Path of the Totem Warrior and the Bear Totem. Bear gives us resistance to all damage while raging, except for Psychic Damage, and Psychic Damage doesn't come along really that often. It's not exciting, but it's a powerful defense option. And then we have extra attack. Just like the Paladin, Barbarians are a martial class and they're stuck making a single attack until level 5 when we gloriously gain a second. Note that these features don't stack, and if we take 5 levels in each class, the superfluous extra attack feature is... wasted. And then there's fast movement. Normally Barbarians get 10 feet worth of extra movement at 5th level, but sadly it has the caveat that we can't be wearing heavy armor, so we likely won't be making use of this. Now moving on to the significant Paladin features, we have heavy armor, which sadly we can't wear armor while raging, which means we have to give up on the most iconic of Paladin abilities for the build. Or come up with reasons why we are wearing heavy armor except for combat when we... And then we have Lay on Hands. Paladins get a pool of healing equal to five times their Paladin level. While multiclassing will shrink this pool comparatively, it's always helpful to have healing on hand, especially if we want to fill a support role. And then we have Spellcasting, which Rage also outright prevents us from casting spells, so we're going to ignore most of our Spellcasting abilities and the Paladin spell list in favor of Divine Smiting. When we pick spells, we should prioritize utility options to cast outside of combat, since we definitely aren't casting them in combat. Our caster level increases at half pace for Paladin, but it will be the only source of spell slots we have, and we want all the extra smites we can get our hands on. Sadly, that half pace spell casting does mean we don't get second level spells, and therefore a better Divine Smite attack until level 5. And then of course we have Divine Smite. Gained at second level, this is the big ticket item that we're picking Paladin for over any other martial class. Divine Smite lets you sacrifice from your pool of spell slots for pure consistent damage when you hit things with melee attacks. Thankfully, this doesn't count as casting a spell, which I would love for someone in the comments to explain to me why exactly that is. But anyway, we're free to do it while raging. Each first level spell slot turns into 2d8 damage, with an extra 1d8 damage for each spell slot above the first, up to a maximum of 5d8 smite damage, or 6d8 smite damage if the target is undead or a fiend. And then with fighting style, also gained at second level, it's going to go a long way towards buffing up your martial ability. 
We've got some solid options. Defense gives us a flat plus one AC bonus, which is a lot more impactful than you might expect. Dueling is a tempting option to take if you want to go with a one-handed weapon and a shield for plus two damage per swing, and great weapon fighting lets you reroll damage rolls of one or two for big two-handed weapons, making it arguably the best offensive option. And then there's Harness Divine Power, one of the newer optional paladin abilities. This lets you essentially convert your use of Channel Divinity into another spell slot or really another use of Divine Smite in this case. Some of our funkier builds use that Channel Divinity, but it's sometimes better to just have more Smite power. And at 5th level you get extra attack, I'll give you three guesses as to what that allows you to do. Just keep in mind this doesn't stack with any other extra attacks, including the Barbarian's identical ability. And then with Aura of Protection, gained at 6th level, this is going to be one of the strongest defensive buffs in the game. You and every friendly creature within 10 feet of you gain a bonus to all saving throws equal to your Charisma modifier. By sticking together, you can wildly improve your party survival rate. And then we have Sacred Oath. You gain your first Sacred Oath feature at 3rd level, and the Oath's Aura ability doesn't kick in until 7th level. Depending on what build you go for, these archetype features may or may not be worth it, but we'll dig into that more in just a second. And then at 10th level, you gain Aura of Courage, which emits an aura that stops you and your allies from being frightened. And I guarantee this will help you out way more than you expect if you have a worthwhile DM. And then with Improved Divine Smite, at 11th level all of our Divine Smites get a free extra 1d8 bonus damage. 11th level is a lot to ask, but it is a goal to shoot for. Now let's talk ability scores. First and foremost, we're going to be smashing for the Lord. <laughs> smashing for the Lord? I that's We left that in the script. <laughs> no one read that out loud to see how that sounded. <laughs> I kind of want to leave it in. First and foremost, we're going to be fighting on behalf of the Lord, and we need our strength as high as possible for our attacks and damage. Only attacks made with strength get to apply our rage damage, so there's not going to be any finessing here. And then, as with any martial class, we should put some points into Constitution to help pad out our hit points to survive the front line. For us, this is especially important, as it also calculates into our AC for unarmored defense. We'll be able to survive a lot due to rage's decrease in damage, but it's always good to have high hit points to back it up. Next, we have several Paladin features that rely on Charisma, and we'll want to make it our third highest ability score. You could argue that this can be dropped if you're only dipping into Paladin, but we plan on making use of several features that would benefit from the Charisma boost. We'll likely not have that great of a spell DC with this as our third highest stat, but we plan on siphoning most of those slots into Smites anyway. Unfortunately, Barbarians can't rage in armor, so we'll also need to put points into Dexterity to keep our AC reasonable using Unarmored Defense. We don't make much use of it elsewhere, but it's needed as our fourth highest ability score. And finally, intelligence and wisdom don't factor into our build really at all, and we can use both as dump stats. Since we're stretched into so many abilities, I highly recommend using all your ability score increases on boosting your stats and holding off on feats for this build. I see people mention Magic Initiate to snag another spell slot for Divine Smite, but it actually doesn't give you the spell slot, so no dice. Keep in mind that you'll gain an ability score increase at each 4th level, 8th level, 12th level, 16th level, and 19th level in a class, not those levels overall. It may be a tempting option to pick up a 4th level eventually in our secondary class. Now let's talk equipment. To start off, we're not allowed to wear metal armor, heavy armors, medium armor, light armor, or any armor at all while raging, so that's a simple answer on what armor to wear. Nothing. We may have heavy armor proficiency, but we can't have our cake while eating it too. I've never understood that, that saying. Thankfully, no matter which class we start with, we're not stuck with simple melee weapons and have full martial weapons proficiency to play with. 
When it comes to our choice of weaponry, we have some martial options to pick from, big weapons, sword and board, or dual wielding. For the biggest weapons, we want either a great sword or a maul, both big two-handed heavy weapons that deal 2d6 damage a swing. For this biggest weapon route, we definitely want to take the great weapon fighting fighting style to reroll any ones or twos we get for damage dice. For sword and board, we want to take a shield, which we can use while raging, along with any of the 1d8 martial weapons such as a longsword. For this route, we'll be best off taking the dueling fighting style. That'll toss an extra two damage onto each of our attacks. Plus two AC from the shield makes this a tempting option, but it'll be up to you if you want more of a defensive option or an offensive option. And finally, for dual wielding, we'll take a pair of one-handed light martial weapons, and most likely just the defense fighting style for a bit of AC. Note, attacking with an off-handed weapon is a bonus action attack, so we can't use a bonus action to rage and make our bonus attack on the same turn. The big advantage for dual wielding is that you'll have an extra chance every turn to land a hit and fire off your Divine Smite. When it comes to what class you should start with, the skill proficiencies are nearly identical, except for heavy armor, which we can't use anyway. We don't pick up additional skills either way, and we're mostly picking between strength and constitution saving throws or wisdom and charisma saving throws. It's also rather juicy to start with a barbarian class level, since we'd be starting with a maximum of a 12 plus constitution modifier hit points. And considering how weak a first-level paladin is, no spells, no smites, I'd recommend starting out as a barbarian and taking your paladin levels afterward. When it comes to the core character concept, we're going to build for a combination of the barbarian's rage and the paladin's divine smite for a high damage output. With two levels in both barbarian and paladin, we'll be able to activate our rage and then slam in for more powerful divine smite attacks. Using a great sword, for example, our fourth level character smiting will deal a hefty 24, that's 2d8, 2d6, 3 plus 2 plus 3 average damage, and plus 3 on average from the great weapon fighting. Great weapon fighting applies to smite damage, giving us even better odds on hitting higher damage numbers, and we can help ensure that we hit by ignoring our own defense using reckless attack. Now let's talk a few barbaladin, paladin, barbarian, palarian? Barbaladin. Let's talk some Barbarian Paladin multiclass builds. All of these strategies utilize the core of the build, but we can elevate that into some more interesting and powerful concepts. First we have the Golden Axe. Our goal here is to make a single mighty swing with a divinely infused great weapon that's as accurate as possible to deliver our smite and as many damage bonuses as we can stack up. We start with the core of the build, taking two levels of Barbarian, two levels of Paladin, and selecting great weapon fighting as our fighting style. Next, we want a single level of Barbarian to bring us up to 3 to pick up the Path of the Zealot, and all of our remaining levels should go towards Paladin making it our primary class, selecting the Oath of Devotion. Oath of Devotion gives us a powerful channel divinity option called Sacred Weapon. As an action, we can infuse our weapon with divinity, making it glow like a torch and giving it an attack roll bonus equal to our Charisma modifier for a minute. This Charisma bonus to attack rolls stacks up with our normal Strength bonus and should give us, along with Proficiency, a plus 9 to plus 10 to hit. But we're not done yet. With Reckless Attack, we can guarantee we'll also get advantage on our attack. Now that we've all but guaranteed our big attack will hit, let's stack up the average damage. As a Great Weapon Master, we're starting with a Great Axe, or a Great Sword, or a Maul if you prefer, for 1d12 plus 2d6 damage. Next, we can convert one of our first level spells into Divine Smite for 2d8. 
Then, due to the Path of the Zealot, we have the feature Divine Fury. We deal extra holy damage, our choice of radiant damage or necrotic damage, equal to 1d6 plus half of our barbarian levels on our first attack each turn. And since all of these extra dice effects are dealt in addition to the attack, Great Weapon Fighting applies to all of the damage dice rolled, statistically pushing up our output by about plus 1 per die rolled. Putting it all together, our 6th level character will be swinging at plus 10 with an advantage to deal 33, that's 1d12 plus 2d8 plus 1d6 plus 3 plus 2 plus 1 plus 4 attack damage. Next we have the Stormblind Scion. For this build, we're going to blind our opponents while hitting them from a safe distance and obscured from ranged attacks. We're going to be the eye of the storm, and with clever positioning, you'll blow through all of the opposition. Once again, we start off with our core build at 2 levels Barbarian and 2 levels Paladin, taking great weapon fighting as our fighting style. We will deviate a bit here because rather than taking one of the two d6 weapons, we'll take one of the 1d10 reach weapons such as a pike, halberd, or glaive. Then all of our remaining levels should go into Paladin, taking the Oath of the Open Sea. As a side note, Oath of the Open Sea is technically a third level content from Matt Mercer, but I doubt most DMs will object to it. So let's just roll with that. The way this all comes together is by relying on the channel divinity option marine layer that emits a 20-foot radius cloud of fog around us as an action. But this fog is particularly special, as every creature treats it as heavily obscured. Unless they're you, or they're standing within 5 feet of you, in which case it's only lightly obscured. The intent of this is to basically blind everyone around you except for the target you're actually fighting. But what if your target was 10 feet away? With a reach weapon, we can dance around our target as they suffer from blinded condition, which will grant us advantage on all of our attacks against them, while inflicting disadvantage on all their attacks against us. But why stop there? Let's hit everybody lost in your fog with some stormy wrath. Thanks to our storm aura, we'll deal damage against creatures within 10 feet. All those creatures will suffer 2 fire damage when you go into rage, and every turn you start in your rage. And this damage doesn't need to target, doesn't need to attack on a roll, or allow a saving throw. It's just free automatic damage, and this automatic damage will keep happening while they remain blind and confused within your burning fog cloud. Next we have the Bombarian. Our goal here is to jump into the middle of combat and force our enemies into a catch-22 where they'll be stuck attacking at disadvantage no matter who they target. We'll have to take a small decrease in damage, but this is a very disruptive tactical option. To start, we take the same core build of two levels in Barbarian and two levels in Paladin. Since we're trying to be more of a target nuisance than a raw damage dealer, we'll also want to go with the sword and board route with the defense or dueling fighting style. Then we'll need to take a third level in Barbarian, selecting the path of the Ancestral Guardian, and all of our remaining levels in Paladin, selecting the Oath of Conquest. So what exactly do we accomplish with this? With Path of the Ancestral Guardian, we get the feature Ancestral Protectors that surrounds us with angry spirits whenever we rage. While raging surrounded by ghosts, anybody hit gets hassled by our spooky friends and has disadvantage on any attacks that target anybody but you until your next turn, and any damage they deal to them gets cut in half. Now we combine that with the Oath of Devotion, which gets us an access to the channel divinity option Conquering Presence. Conquering Presence lets us use an action to force a Wisdom saving throw on everyone within 30 feet, and on a failure, creatures become frightened of us for up to one minute until they manage to save. Frightened gives them disadvantage on everything, so long as they can see you and stops them from willingly moving closer to you. Now, so long as the targets we hit are frightened, they can't do literally anything without disadvantage. Even if they run around a corner and get out of eyesight, they'd still be making attacks at disadvantage since they're attacking someone other than us. 
And then lastly, we have the Scare Bear, which is built for more fun than efficiency, which is kind of how I make 99% of the characters I play as whenever I'm not DMing. And this is also made to just sort of revel in the fact that you can use Divine Smite with natural weapons. Divine Smite works with anything so long as it's a melee weapon attack, which natural attacks and martial weapon attacks count as. We're going to jump into combat, suddenly grow a bear head, and absolutely freak out everybody in the near vicinity. It's not quite a wild shape, but it's about as close as you can get without taking any druid levels. We'll start out with our core build of two paladin levels and two barbarian levels, then we want to take a third barbarian level and pick up the beast barbarian archetype, Path of the Beast. This archetype gives us access to Form of the Beast, which is sort of a partial beast form transformation. So you just get the head and claws or tail of a beast with natural attack rather than fully becoming a beast shape like a moon druid. And to top this off, I'm sorry, I'm just, the visuals of that are kind of getting to me. And to top all this off, take the Oathbreaker Paladin archetype as we make Paladin our core class and put all of our remaining levels into it. Oathbreaker has a channel divinity option called Dreadful Aspect, which, as an action, forces a save on everybody within 30 feet or they become frightened. Our beast form activates when we enter Rage, which means we can go into a beast shape and scare everybody in the same round. Which just makes sense, and the image of freaking everybody out with a sudden bear arms and bear head kind of thing, it's, it's definitely worth doing, at very least for the laughs. Mechanically, your best options for your form of the beast is between the bite or the claws. The bite can regain some lost hit points when you're below half, but the claws allow for an extra attack as part of an action without using your bonus action, and are likely your best offensive options. I've had a barbarian paladin at my table before, and kind of like the joke I made at the beginning of this video, he was more or less role-playing his character as just the most frat boy, knights, templar, crusader that you could possibly imagine. It made for some really fun sessions, and he actually could hold his own in combat, so he was able to have that smarmy, holier-than-thou attitude at the end of the sessions. It made for as many good role-playing opportunities as it did for good combats, so I can recommend it purely on that experience. Thank you guys so much for watching, I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we're putting out new videos all the time, as well as new content. Check out our Book of Magic Items and Drawers Vault on our website at SkullsplitterDice.com. And if any of you guys are planning on playing as a Paladin Barbarian or a Barbaladin, if you guys can think of a better combat, uh, combination of whatever, a better word for that, let me know in the comments. But if you guys are planning on playing as this multi-class, I would love to hear all about your characters down in the comments. I think your guys' characters are so entertaining, so thank you for constantly telling me about those. Uh, thanks again for watching. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Finally, for dual wielding, we'll take a pair of one-handed light martial weapons such as sword. Finally, for dual wielding, we'll take a pair of one-handed light martial weapons such as sword swords. Short 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 Finally, for dual wielding, we'll take a pair of one-handed light martial weapons such as sword short swords. Finally, for dual wielding, we'll take a pair of one-handed light martial weapons such as short swords. Such as short swords. Finally, for dual wielding, we'll take a pair of one-handed light martial weapons like sword.